You're listening to episode 143 of the Master Your Mind, Business, and Life podcast. I love when I get to talk to a guest for the second time. It's always just so good to relish in the growth of the guest while catching up on their journey and all of the lessons and blessings that they've acquired along the way. This week's guest and I met in Bali about four years ago while we were working on the Bali Spirit Festival, and clearly we've stayed close since then. The first time I heard her sing, my entire body got goosebumps, and with the release of her third album, I just knew it was time to bring back singer, songwriter, artist, podcaster, spiritual concierge, and creator of Camp Clarity Transformational Retreats, Norma Jean Belenke. I don't think there is a stone unturned within our conversation. We talk about creative burnout and how to rejuvenate yourself after experiencing one, leaning into new projects, imposter syndrome, and of course, the launch of Norma Jean's new album. Before I introduce you to Norma Jean, I want to tell you a few things. First, next week we're celebrating year two of the podcast and I have a few changes coming, but you may notice one significant change today. I'll go over this a little bit more next week, but ongoing, after you hear my intro music, I won't be greeting you with, hey everyone, it's Lauren Smith, welcome back to another episode. Instead, after the intro music, we're jumping right into the conversation. Second, I am now offering podcasting consulting. I've had so many people ask about my process or tips or just how to start their show that I thought this would be a perfect way to blend my 10 years of media marketing knowledge with my podcasting knowledge. More information on this is available on laurensmithbiz.com. And third thing, Norma Jean allowed me to pick a song and share it on this week's episode, so be sure to listen through to the very end of our conversation to see which one I am sharing with you. And speaking of Norma Jean, are you ready to meet this beautiful soul? You know what to do. Tune in, turn it up, let's go. You're listening to Master Your Mind, Business and Life. Conversations with everyday world shifters, truth seekers, and rule breakers. Here's your host, Lauren Smith. Norma Jean, welcome back to the show. I think this the first time we spoke on the show, you were on episode eight or something like that. I know it was in year one. Oh my gosh. Crazy, like right? Throwback. Throwback. <laughs> I know. It's just for sure a throwback. So I encourage anyone who's listen, who hasn't listened to that episode to go back and give it a listen. But I know since then, both of us have navigated a few different seasons in life since that episode, including the recent launch of your third album, All the Feels, which just from the single you dropped is already giving me all of the feels. But before we dive into that, will you just share a little bit about yourself or maybe for those who haven't you know, caught our first conversation or who are newly tuning in? Yes, absolutely. Um, and it's been, I just have to say, we were talking about this before we started recording, but it's been so much fun to watch MindBiz Life and to watch your journey like blossom. Aww. It's been so cool. So I feel, you know, the fact that I was like there at the beginning, and we, we knew each other before we were podcasters, but like the fact that I was there at the beginning, I'm just like, yes, girl. Yay. So exciting. <laughs> um, yeah, my name is Norma Jean. I, uh, I make music. I sing and I write songs and I have them in the world, which is wild. And uh, I have a transformational women's retreat called Camp Clarity, where we help women build a spiritual practice and introduce different tools 
for you to build your own personal practice. I have a podcast called Stay Wild, and I drew inspirational cartoons uh, for a long time every single day. And I've, I've started doing that a little bit uh, again, but I drew, you know, dedicated every single day. I drew a daily doodle for over three years. So I think, I think that about, I think that about covers it. Yeah. Well, when we, when we had met in Bali four years ago, you were doing these daily doodles and you're posting them on your Instagram feed and you had done them for a long time. And then I know the last year you took a break from posting them and just posting on your Instagram feed altogether. Girl, I did not post in my Instagram gallery for over a year. Oh my, were you just feeling burned out or what caused you I to take a step so- back? Mm. I was so burnt out. And as a creative person, um, because creativity is, is such an elusive thing, right? And everybody's kind of trying to, you know, capture it. I've, and I've, I've really worked on my creative process and I've taught workshops and I've worked with other people in the creative process and it is cyclical. You know, we often give ourselves all this pressure and saying this now, I'm just reminded how much I need to hear it. So for anyone out there, it's a journey, lifelong. Um, but, you know, every time you create something, there is that postpartum, mm-hmm. you know, and every time you rest, you're inspired again to be active. So I think it's, it's for me personally, I didn't write a song for three years. Mm-hmm. All my creative energy was cartoons because it didn't stop. That train was rolling. Yeah. Um, and I, in the midst of that, I launched Stay Wild, my podcast, which I took a break from as well. And I launched a, a women's retreat business, Camp Clarity, which took a lot of energy and was so beautiful and changes women's lives. So, you know, just that juggle, there seemed, there was just so much going on. And you know, when you do multiple things as a creative, there's always one project that's kind of at the helm at the forefront. Mm-hmm. And um, the cartoons, first it was my music. That's really my, I feel like it's my divine gift and it's really um, why I'm here on the planet. And, um, you know, then from there, the cartoons were born. And then from the cartoons came the podcast. And then from living in Bali for many years, uh, for six years full time. Um, the retreats were born and owning a retreat business is not a creative project. It's a business. <laughs> and <Yeah>. so <laughs> for sure. That took, up, that took up some energy. Um, and I just, you know, in the in the process of that, I moved back to the United States. Um, and after living in Asia for almost a decade, um, for almost an entire decade of living on the other side of the world. And that uh transition was intense and challenging. And I, and now looking at it, I really am proud of myself, but I did put pressure on myself to be productive. And, uh, I think we all do to some extent, but that's what causes burnout. You know, it's important to just, for me, recognize that sometimes you just have to like sit on your hands, make some popcorn, watch Netflix, watch more Netflix. (laughs) Take all the BuzzFeed quizzes, you know, and just do nothing yeah. in order to let yourself, like let the dust settle from a previous project or experience or place even. 
I remember when you had just come back to the States, we were, I think we just had like a a quick phone call or something. And I remember even hearing the anxiety in your voice of just going to the grocery store and there being so many options. Like, I just remember having this conversation with you and you're like, it's so overwhelming. Like to come yeah. back into this yeah. consumerism lifestyle. Oh my God. There's 35 kinds of toothpaste at the grocery store and there's homeless people outside who can't eat. Right. You know, so just the, the, the black, you know, the, the dichotomy mm-hmm. of, you know, seeing the kind of wealth that exists in the same place and time as the kind of poverty that we have in the U.S., it's frightening. And it, you know, for a long time, I was just, it, it was, it shocked me because <laughs> when you're not used to it, right. I think, you know, in a lot of other countries that are developed, they don't have the same kind of social issues that the United States has, you know, every country has their own social issues, of course, but, um, it's not the same. And if you're in a country that's underdeveloped, you know, a lot of the time they they have familial structures where your family will really support you in a way that doesn't quite, uh, we don't quite have in the U S in the same way. And so it's interesting. And it was just very, it was a lot, it was very overwhelming. And I didn't even move. I didn't even move to a big city yet at that point. I was in a small town. Yeah. You were in the middle of nowhere basically, right? <laughs> yeah. I moved to Oregon, which was lovely. Oregon is a dream. Um, but you know, it was one of those things where it was like, you know, I'm not in the big smoke here. I'm not in the concrete jungle. And yet it felt like a lot, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, that transition was huge for me. Um, I, yeah. yeah. And then from there you did go to the concrete jungle. You I did. did. I moved to New York. I yeah. moved to New York. Oh, <laughs> it happened. Um, yeah. So that was really a dream. Um, it's actually, I, I know how woo-woo your audience gets. So I'm going to tell you guys a woo story. Let's about do it. Mark. Girl. Okay. So I was in Bali last year running a retreat in October. And I got back to Oregon and I was going to move to Memphis and spend some time with my dad. And I thought, okay, I'm going to be here maybe a year or two. And then I'm going to transition to New York, kind of in between Oregon and New York. And as soon as I got back, to Oregon, I kept seeing these flocks of geese fly over my head, like, you know, in a V migrating, beautiful Mm. geese. Um, and you know, in the Pacific Northwest and across the United States, actually, like it, it, there is incredible nature, you know, you just have to, it, it, you know, nature exists differently everywhere. Um, and I, I was so used to Asia and Bali and like geckos and monkeys, you know, for right. me, I was like, this bird is so big and it's flying. Um, and so, uh, some flocks of geese flew over my head and, uh, I thought, Oh wow, that's interesting. And I was in Oregon, maybe three or four days kind of wrapping things up and packing my car, driving across country to get ready for that. And it happened two to three times. It was significant enough for me to notice it. Right. And then I drove, I took maybe about 10 days to drive to Memphis. And I kept seeing these flocks of geese fly over my head. And I, I just kept saying to the universe, like, I know that I need to go to Memphis and see my dad, but I just, I feel like I need to be in New York. I feel like New York is calling me and I don't, I don't know how that's going to happen. I don't see it, but I feel it, but I don't see it at all. You know, I feel like, yeah, it's down the line and, you know, I'll save up and then I'll, you know, whatever. But 
it just, I, it wasn't in my immediate field, but I, I felt it so strongly. And I drove across country, stopped in Vegas, dropped in Santa Fe, stopped in Texas, um, and then got to Memphis. And along the way in two out of those places, geese flew over my head and I just thought, wow, it's so beautiful. Um, and then I, as soon as I got to Memphis, um, six hours after I got to Memphis, six or seven hours after I got to Memphis, um, I was offered the opportunity to move to New York out of nowhere, out of the blue. And then I, I, you know, I was like, okay, I'm doing it. All right. You know, like spirit says, okay. And you like, (laughs) you know, you go, you go. Okay. You know, maybe, maybe it'll work out. Maybe it won't work out, but you just got to try. And so, uh, I did, I moved to New York and you know, I like to go on long walks. So when I say all these geese flew over my head, it's like, because I like to go on, you know, I like to walk for about an hour a day. It clears my head. I move my body. I feel like I get fresh air. For me, that is the best self-care, you know, just taking a long walk. I can call my friends in different time zones and I can listen to podcasts like this one. Aww. And um, so all these geese are flying over my head and I moved to New York and uh, I, I moved in November and, you know, all these geese were flying over my head and I asked a couple of friends who were shamans, you know, like animal shaman. And I was like, hey, what's the spiritual significance of geese? And a couple of them were like, mm, I don't know. It's kind of unclear. And then a friend of mine said, you know, you got to ask this guy named Danny Paradise. He teaches at Bali Spirit Festival. Yes. Yeah. And I was like, okay, I never even took his class. So, you know, I, I am involved with Bali Spirit Festival. I've performed there several times. I've worked the festival several times. It's such a joyous community event. I, I really, it's a family and I'm so grateful to be part of it. So, you know, I, I got his contact and I sent him an email and I'm like, Hey, Danny Paradise. I've, I've seen a lot of geese. <laughs> What's going on here? I heard <laughs> yeah. a story in one of your workshops about geese and this, I would like to know the spiritual significance. And so he tells me this beautiful story about how this very famous yogi named Krishnamurti when he died, a flock of geese flew over his grave, and um, it's believed by some Native American tribes that um, birds of prey, like hawks and eagles, bring messages from spirit down to you. And the belief with geese is that geese bring your prayers up to spirit. So the idea with, yeah, so the idea with uh, his specific story was that uh, they flew over Krishnamurti's grave, kind of bringing his spirit up. And uh, for me, the whole time I kept seeing these geese, I just thought, universe, like, I feel like I'm supposed to be in New York. Like, what is going on? And so Danny Paradise tells me this and how geese bring your prayers up to heaven. And I'm reading through, you know, he's, he's like a super, you know, very scholarly. So I'm getting a lot of like resources and he's sending screenshots and all this stuff. And then I'm reading and it says, um, that the Native American tribe that believe this about geese, that, ha- that hold this belief that geese bring your prayers up to heaven, are the Cree tribe from Long Island. And I moved to Long Island, New York. Stop. So I was, yeah. So I was like, okay, <laughs> I'm divinely guided by some geese to move to New York. <laughs> this wow. is my life, everyone. Yeah. So, you know, it was one of those things where you just have to continually trust spirit and do your best and, you know, try and, you know, have the plan, but also be open to the plan happening faster than you planned. 
Yeah. And I think that's like such a huge piece too, is like, sometimes you just really have to release any of your expectations. And it's like when when that intuition is giving you that nudge and you can't make sense of it, it's almost like, okay, I need to lean into it for it to make sense. So just feel like you're on a cliff and you're leaning off the cliff when when you're in the midst of it. You do not feel like you're being hugged by a spirit mama. (laughs) Yeah. No. You feel like you are falling into the void. Yeah. Yes. And it's scary. It can be really scary. Just the unknown, right? Like that in itself creates yeah. anxiety, especially for I'm, I'm like me. I'm a, I'm a person who likes to have control. I think all of us to a point like to have control, right? And yeah, when, when, you, control, right, when you feel, feel like you don't have it, it's like, <sighs> what do I do now? You know, and it's, yeah. it's creates that fear and anxiety and your mind goes in a thousand different directions and you're just like, give me one sign and look at that, the geese. And it was the geese. And so I moved to New York and it was, it's amazing. New York is incredible. And uh, literally everything is there. You know, I found Indonesian food. I found Mm -hmm. an Indonesian community. I found yoga. I found kirtan. I found jazz. I found so many things. And it's, it's really special. Um, but for me, it was one of those things where I, I realized I just had to get out of my own way. And uh, gosh, do I get in my own way? I mean, we all do, right? Woof. Yeah. Ah, girl. Yeah. <laughs> well, and you had even just talked about this on one of your, your Instagram posts when we were talking about, you were talking mm-hmm. about the cycles and uh, the moon and the season and the sun and even careers, you know, they look like a oh, dang gosh. mountain ridge with cycles. So yeah. let's just talk about these highs and lows because perception is a tricky beast. So many people will look yeah. at you and they'll see your wins. They'll say, oh my gosh, Norma Cam Clarity. I have musician. so many shiny, I have so many shiny wins, but yeah. the things you don't see are, you the know, struggles. the struggles and also the vulnerable, you know, and I want to say you don't see the vulnerability, but I try and show the vulnerability and I try and show the relatability of just how human we all are. I mean, honestly, in today's culture, right, even just within jobs, within careers, within art, within social media, within personal brands, within, um, you know, how we present ourselves to the world in so many, like it used to be how you dressed, right? Um, and now it's what your social media says about you. It's what your website says about you. It's, um, you know, how people perceive you. And of course, as human beings, we want to control that, right? As human beings, we want to control how we are perceived. At the same time, it is exhausting. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's so exhausting. And I, the pressure, I mean, after drawing an original cartoon every day, you know, I, I say this like it's an accomplishment for anyone listening, for everyone listening, because I know you have a lot of listeners now. It's so exciting. Um, when, please flip through the cartoons. They're not all wins. <laughs> you know, yeah. it wasn't about being funny and smart and having some like viral cartoon every day. It was about showing up for myself and meeting myself in that creative space. And whatever came through, came through. Mm. And sometimes you'd post something and you're like, this just feels right today. And then everyone would be like, gosh, I feel the exact same way. And so um, it was really, you know, that process was beautiful. And it was also exhausting, 
right? Like to yeah. be the girl who draws the cartoons. Right. Yeah. Like, because that's also then like on the days where you're just like, <sighs> like I don't have yeah. it in me, but I'm going to continue to show up. That is, that's hard. I feel that way with the podcast a lot of times too. I'm just like, yeah. I, I think our conversation is the first conversation I've had in five weeks. So I'm just, I'm really glad that it's you that, you know, I'm kicking it back off with, but I had to give myself that break. I was feeling, yeah. I was like, I didn't want to resent the podcast just because I was feeling tired. So I was like, okay, do a couple bulk recordings and then give yourself a break and then oh, yeah. put by it back in. It. Yeah. yeah. I mean, by the end of it, I resented my cartoons oh, and I see, love my yeah. cartoons. Yeah. And it's not, it's, it, it's not about that. I mean, first of all, I'm so proud of myself that I could show up for myself every day in a creative container to create. That's cool. Yeah. And we can talk about creativity and creative conditions and all that stuff another time, but, or later in that, whenever, but the, the interaction every day with people on the mm-hmm. internet, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, having to like write a caption and talk about feelings and after a while, you just don't want to do that. Yeah. <laughs> Every yeah. day you want to just take a break. Yeah. And I could have yeah. like preloaded and like, you know, had everything scheduled, but that wasn't, you know, the feeling behind the content that I wanted to share. Right. That wasn't the intention also, that you had to, to start with. So exactly. why, why exactly. autopilot it? Yeah. Right. And I wanted to tap into the energy of what was going on, but just to be that involved all the time on a social media platform talking about myself. I'm so tired of that. I don't want to talk about myself. Like, I don't want to talk about how I feel all the time to people and how we can all relate to each other. Sure. There is a time and place for that. But if you don't give yourself space and you don't give yourself a break and you don't honor the cyclical cycle nature of us as human beings, I mean, especially as women, right? Like traditionally we have our periods on the new moon. We ovulate on the full moon. Like our bodies, you know, if, if you like, you know, for a lot of people, if you start, you know, bringing a little bit of intention into that, you'll sync up. Like as women, we are cyclical human beings. Right. And so a lot of the time you just, you know, you don't want to do anything for Mm -hmm. a while. You need to give your brain and your nervous system and your organs and your heart a break to just fill up again, to get that excitement back. And so that's what I did. I mean, in the middle of that, I ran retreats, Jesus. Right. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. It's not like you weren't doing anything. <laughs> I mean, and then like, you know, but, but it wasn't so public in such a committed way. Yes. You know, retreats are deep work for a week. And then, right. you know, Camp Clarity, actually, we do work before and after. And, you know, it's a bit more of a community, but at the same time, it wasn't putting something on a public platform every day. But that being said, now when I look back on my cartoons, I'm really joyful. And uh, they remind me of different times in my life. And, um, you know, I repost them a lot now. And I've started just just in the past few months, I started drawing them again. And not in a, I'm going to do one every day. Because I used to, you know, say the, the name of the day, like, Today's day 100, today's day right. 500, today's day 873, you know, it got to, you know, over a thousand. It was wild. Um, yeah. So now I'm not, I'm not labeling them in that way, but they're all still there. And um, in January, actually in New York, I, I started drawing them again just because I wanted to express some things and it wasn't 
forced mm-hmm. and it wasn't uh, scheduled or yeah, it just, it felt really natural. So there are new ones. Um, yeah. And now, you know, mixed with my new album uh, yeah. content on Instagram and on Facebook and all that. So I can, I can album. attest to that. Your, that your daily doodles were like in the moment. I remember in Bali, we were having a, oh gosh, I, we were somewhere. I think it was after the festival, maybe at like the staff like party or, you know, like oh, that yeah. after that thing. was the staff party. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we were talking and I just remember like we were having a conversation and you were like, Oh my gosh, that's my next doodle. And it was something about like, what's the, or what's the Wi-Fi password? You know, it's like every, every person in Bali, like when you go to a restaurant, what's the Wi-Fi password here? So like you had made a doodle about that the next day. And I was just like, man, this girl is on it. Like she is on it. So I can attest that they were like very in the moment too. Like you would hear it and be like, yeah, that's it. You know, like that's, that's the next one. So I, I just always loved and admired that about your workflow. And then of course, with this new album, I mean, just from what I have heard so far, it feels like you have embodied so much self-discovery and there's a lot of emphasis on purpose and love and gratitude and just overall being in tune. I know as creatives, we typically communicate and share our personal journey. So I'm just really intrigued when you began working on this album, what was your inspiration or your mindset at the time? Well, I'm going to be really honest. All right, do it. I was available to work in the studio. <laughs> a friend of mine that I work with who has a, a record label called Tropical Folk Records um, had some availability, and I thought, great, I want to record some music. And I hadn't written the songs yet. <laughs> so Stop. I had to, seriously? Yeah, 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 yeah. So uh, in October of... Last year, I I wrote, I'm trying to count, hold on, it was, uh, I think I wrote three or four of the songs, I think four of the songs, maybe one was kind of, one was written, but I completely kind of redid it, and then I wrote three of the songs in like a a two-day thing. I had kind of like pieced together, you know, when you have inspiration and you just do a voice memo and you, like, a song comes to you, and so I had... I kind of had pieces, but then I was like, oh, wow, no, there's, uh, there's availability. I'm here. I'm doing it. Okay. So, uh, I, I wrote some songs and then I recorded them and they weren't done. And then, uh, in the end of March, I just, I wrote three songs in a night, literally. And, uh, like in the span of like two hours underneath the full moon, it Mm. was I think it was that first full moon in April. I'm not. I I'm not looking at a calendar in front of me, but oh, um, it was like four four four, wasn't it? Like I think I'm pretty sure that was like the the first four 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 portal of April. Yeah, yeah, that sounds right. Or like near it, like around that. It was. It was. A, it was in that week, but it was the night of the full moon, and I just wrote three songs and like wow. maybe two hours. Yeah, and then I thought, okay, I want to. I want to kind of complete this and make this an album and uh every single song is different which is very exciting so the first song i wrote there i wrote them all sorry let me just be clear about that these are songs that i wrote about my feelings (laughs) um the first song on the album is called greatness and uh it's a very jazzy song and i it's just like a double bass and 
a very jazzy voice and, you know, like very snappy and um, and you know, the lyrics are like, did I miss my chance to be great? Or is it every time I wake, Mm. you know, uh, did I miss my chance to be known now that I'm full grown? How does it go after that? Oh, it's like, you know, I, I think I ask, where do your dreams go when they die? <laughs> wow. <laughs> but it's like a super jazzy, you know, like I'm, I'm past this phase of like, I'm 25 and, you know, I want to make it as a musician because it's, no one ever really makes it. This is what, mm. this is what nobody tells you. No one ever really quote unquote makes it right. At some point you can become a professional and either have that be your full-time profession or your part-time profession. But, you know, it's, the world is very different from when I was a kid. I'm 33. And, um, you know, it's not like someone's going to be like, kid, you got it. We're going to sign you to this record label and, you know, you're going to make a million dollars. It's the music business is not like that anymore. Um, and record companies absolutely sign people and have huge distribution. Um, but those bands and those artists already have independent followings, right? You know, they've already been doing it for 10 years. Like, you know, Lizzo came up and, uh, I was following her when she had like 300,000 Instagram followers, like two years ago, three years ago. And she was like on a festival circuit twerking, like none of her songs hit the, the songs that finally, you know, made the, the top of the billboard charts, you know, she worked those up and it, yeah. And so, um, that's the first song. It's really about, um, you know, you're still alive after you're 25. What does that look like? Yeah. You know, you haven't had achieved this like bizarre connotation of success that we all kind of believe in, in a specific way. Um, and then the single, which you have heard, which is called, how does it feel? Which is fun and poppy and folky and jazzy and it's my first proper music video with lip syncing and everything, which is really cool. And it looks uh, it's so really good. Catchy. Yeah. Yeah, it's really it's really catchy. It's really fun. Um, and I, you know, it's got that breezy kind of pop, joyous. It's got marimba in there. It's just fun. It's great. And then um, I'm trying to think of the track record. Like, oh, you know what? I have my CDs here. This is so fun. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on. I just, I just. Um, I, I have all the, all the discs. Most people get music online, by the way. So, um, for those of you who are listening online, it'll be all over the internet, but, um, for anybody who wants a CD, I just, uh, I have them. So yeah, after that is a song called waiting room, which is really beautiful. And, um, it, it, it's almost like a classic ballad. It's very sweet. Um, yeah, it, it feels just really special. And then I've got this song called Thank You, which is all about um, everybody doing their best right now. And it goes, thank you for doing your best. Thank you for getting enough rest. Thank you for getting those things off your chest. And telling me how you feel. Your feelings are valid and real. So that one's really fun. Oh, I love that. Yeah. And I, I feel love like your I'll, voice. I can just listen oh, to it. Oh, thank day. you. <laughs> thank you. Um, but yeah, that song is really, that was the first one I wrote in my three song, you know, ah, oh, underneath the full moon moment. 
Sorry, I'm, uh, I have a cat here that I'm fostering, and she's decided to be loud and annoying, hey. as cats are. <laughs> um, yeah, so it was really written as um, just a thank you to everybody because, you know, we're all kind of stuck in the current situation that we're in, mm-hmm. and, um, you know, with the global pandemic, and, um, you know, it's, it's really important to acknowledge that we're all doing our best, yeah. and it's really important to acknowledge our feelings and just to know that they're valid. You know, and I don't think we give ourselves enough. I I don't. When I say we, I always mean me. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't think I'm giving myself um, enough of a of compassion around that. Right? Enough of saying, "Hey, you're doing your best. Thank you for doing your best." Like, you know. And I think as people, we don't say that enough to each other. Yeah, so. we're really quick to give it to someone else without saying it to ourselves first. Like, and and sometimes we have to turn that back in because self-compassion is just so huge. It's, it's the base of self-care. You know, you can't have self-love without self-compassion. Like they go hand in hand together. Yeah. And I feel like a lot of my journey, um, has been about that relationship with myself. A lot of my songs are like, Ooh, a boy likes me. I have feelings, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but actually, like the 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 real the real juice there is, uh, I have feelings, and those feelings are valid, and um, I love myself. So yeah, this song was really um, special for me. And there's I I you know I I went back and forth with the arrangement, but there's actually piano on it, and it's beautiful. Um, and I, I feel really grateful that I could, that it came through, you know, songwriting for me is something that happens very organically. I don't plan it. You know, sometimes I'll sit down and I'll try and piece things together. But when that inspiration comes, you know, you just, you know, when lightning strikes, you hang, you hold on to that lightning rod, you know? And so, um, for me, I feel really grateful that I can be open in that way. Um, and I feel like everybody has different gifts in the world. Everybody, um, you know, everybody can sing and dance and write cause that's, you know, expression as human beings. But, you know, some people have a little bit more, I guess they're more just attuned to different things. And for me, songwriting, um, and my voice just feels like it's what I'm meant to do. So I feel really grateful about that. Oh, I love it. Um, yeah. And then, uh, the next song is called River Song. It's a three-part roots harmony that I wrote about a river in Oregon, <laughs> which is cool. I went to this very special river that was just incredibly uh, powerful. Like it was amazing. We were in the middle of nowhere, and it was like this river that turns out is like, you know, untouched, and the salmon population is um, hasn't been messed with in any way, and. Uh, I sang the song on the album and it's beautiful and it, it's really very sweet and simple. And, uh, I made a drum to play on that song that I play on it. Really? And I, yeah. Yeah. I made a drum with a guy in New York named Matt Canal, who is, um, a beautiful person and, uh, he is part of a community uh, led by a Taino elder, um, which is a spiritual lineage. And uh, he 
held space and offered a workshop where I made my drum and it is very special and it has a lot of intention in it and a very healing drum, very healing energy, um, which is really cool. I never made a drum before. You know, I always thought when I eventually played instruments, I'd play piano. Right. <laughs> no, no, here I am like banging my shaman drum, you know, on this beautiful song. So dope though. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's so cool. You know, you never know where you're going to end up. Every yeah. once in a while, you just like lift your head up and you look around. You're like, "Yeah, I'm here." Yeah. And so I played. I played the drum on the song, and it's really cool. And I'm really excited to share that. You know, it's like I said, every song is different. It goes from jazz to pop to ballad to, you know, back to jazzy pop to this bluegrass, um, mm. which is you know kind of not really bluegrass, but like a roots, roots yeah. harmony, beautiful three part harmony, um, and just you know this powerful drum. And I, I picked. Um, the hide, which was ethically sourced. So it's made from, um, an animal that died of natural causes and it's, um, made from a horse. And so, um, I really, you know, did a lot of research and, you know, did a lot of meditation on what kind of animal, what kind of energy I wanted to bring in to the drum and to the sound of that and the spirit of that and the medicine of that, of that instrument. And so, um, yeah, horses represent freedom and, and creativity, creative expression and movement. Um, and beautiful. so, yeah, that worked out. Um, and then I have a really fun, sweet little poppy song, which is called I Want You. And it's just about loving entire, the entirety of someone mm-hmm. and wanting, you know, all of them, including their flaws and their quirks and all of that, which is it's so sweet. Oh, it's oh I like, can't wait to hear that so one. Cute. Yeah. And then, uh, and then the last song is a meditation song. It's a meditation track. Oh, yeah. Which is new for me. Um, I have a really dedicated personal practice. Um, and I sing music that is not spiritual. And I also, in my personal practice sing mantra, and this song is a little bit of a combination of both. It's called rest. And, um, you know, it's a song that I wrote, but it's really all about, I, my intention is for you to like pop in some headphones, (laughs) you know, lay flat on the earth. And um, just let this song kind of wash over you. Um, yeah, and it goes like, this is the time to rest. You know, it, th- that's part of the lyrics. And it's a, it's a beautiful song. Yeah, so it's seven songs. It's my new album. It's so exciting. I can't wait to hear the full, the full thing. And what an eclectic, you know, song genre you have because you know you're you're just giving us a little bit of everything and I feel like that is so encompassing of you because you're just a little bit of everything girl <laughs> yeah I I hope so you know and I feel like it's also it's also an evolution of where my music started so mm-hmm. when I first made music um I had never played a gig I just started writing songs And um, I was teaching English in South Korea in 2012. And I just, like, inspiration struck. And I just started writing all these songs. And uh, I came to Bali on a holiday. And I met some people that uh, were very supportive of my music. And they said, hey, you should come back and you should record some songs. I said, okay, sure. Why not? You know, so I did. And then I ended up making my first album before I ever played a gig. You know, I, like, I played a gig to launch the album kind of a thing. It was so wild. And, um... Yeah, it was one of those things where, you know, my sound has developed. Mm -hmm. And this is also, for me, I feel like one of the biggest lessons that I need to consistently remind myself of, and maybe there's some wisdom for anybody else that needs it, is that we don't start out as experts. Right. You know, like, this is my third album in 
gosh, I released the first album in 2014. I mean, I released it in 2013. I like, you know, made CDs and all that, but it was before everything was kind of streaming and all of that. So it, it went on to iTunes in 2014. So what, six years ago? Like, you know, my sound is different. I'm different. Um, and I, the older we get, the older I get, the more I love myself, the more I know myself, the more I learn how to love myself, I guess, you know, and how to really appreciate myself in so many ways. Mm. That's Um, huge in itself. Just, just learning that. And because I feel like, you know, through all these seasons, we are given lessons, we're given trials, we're getting so many different blessings as well. And that develops us. So to be able to look back at even that the six year journey within your music and just see how much you've accomplished and how much you've grown and then be able to release that through a new creative project. Like as a creative, I'm just like, yes, but also as a woman looking at you just continuously leaning into your power, it is so inspirational. Yeah, I have, I'm, I am, I've dipped my toes in a tub for long enough and now I'm getting in the tub, you know, yeah. it's, it's interesting. I'm finding now, and even just after I, you know, when you, when you do, when you do anything creative, it is medicine in its own way. It has its own medicine. And, um, for me, a lot of the medicine of this album has come out listening to it in post-production and, you know, just absorbing it. And um, a lot of my power I'm finding is quiet. And it's, it's not in chasing anything. It's really in honoring unconditional appreciation for the people and the things in my life. Mm-hmm. And anything that I am not in love with, it's okay. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's, I'm entering this very new phase of, of power and appreciation and intimacy that is not seeking, but just very quiet and very expansive within my own being. It's really cool. Yeah. And so I feel like this album kind of came just before that and kind of starts to reflect a lot of that energy. Um, yeah, I mean, I feel like also as women, right, we spend a lot of our lives just trying to learn who we are because society and, you know, culture and everything else just kind of like piles, you know, expectations and beliefs on us. Sure. Um, but even just as people to get to know ourselves and to learn how to love ourselves and to learn how to love our gifts and to learn how to stand in our own power and be in our own energy. That's, that's a lifelong journey. Yeah. I I don't even remember who, who said this quote, but you know, it's one of those, the, the journey inward is like the longest journey. And I'm sure I'm butchering that of of some sort, but it is. No, I, yeah. Yeah. Like it is the longest journey to just understand yourself. And it's just like, I sometimes feel like once I've like gotten there, it's like something else happens or there's something else that has been peeled back that I need to dive deeper into, you know, healing or whatever may come up. No, I, yeah, it's ongoing. It's, it's an ongoing task. Did you ever, have you ever like struggled with, um, 
just that imposter syndrome too, especially when you're starting off with your music, especially, you know, no gigs going right into an album. Well, I mean, it's, here's the thing. This is going to sound weird, but I'm just gonna, I mean, we're, we're in it. Girl, I know you love my weird. Um, (laughs) All day. (laughs) It was, I felt like an imposter for some things, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think also, especially, you know, in the West, we, we always have to kind of put up this front of like, we all know what we're doing, right? Um, <laughs> nobody knows. No one knows. <laughs> I don't know most days. We do our best. You learn, you grow, you know, you learn a little bit more, but nobody's like, okay, like, you know, on the box of like love. Okay. Tick that. No. Okay. Tick that. Nope. Nobody knows. Um, so I think for me with my music, I was just so in awe of how I could sing. Mm. I wasn't like, it wasn't, I didn't sing for like, I mean, I sang as a kid, but it wasn't, I didn't think I was, I don't want to say I'm talented, but I feel like there is an energy that moves through me when I sing. Yeah. Well, you are talented. (laughs) So I'm just going to go ahead and correct that. You are talented and the energy flows through you. Yeah. (laughs) I'll own it. I have a talent that I did not work for. Yes. Much better put. I like it. <laughs> I, I didn't work for it. And Very so to get for me with, with my singing, it was more about um, really coming to terms with the weight of that burden to be, I guess, naturally, not better, but naturally gifted at something that everybody likes to do or that a lot of people like to do or that a lot of people appreciate. Mm-hmm. It feels overwhelming at times. It feels like, well, what are you doing with it? you know, someone offered you a million dollars and you're just going to flush it down the toilet. You know, it's right. like, what do you mean? Like, you know, it's, it's so that in that sense, I felt like I, I was just sitting on so much wasted potential mm-hmm. and that feels heavy. Um, the imposter syndrome came more from having that gift and then not having maybe the the background or the education or even just the discipline to develop that into something that is not where I am now. I'm not saying it's better or worse, but like, you know, I don't play an instrument enough to like perform an entire gig with playing, you know, an instrument accompanying myself. Um, I read music as a child a little bit, but like, I, I'm not, I can't read music as an adult. I haven't done that in, 15 years, maybe. Right. Um, things like that. So it was, it's more like, well, somebody gave you this, you know, the universe kind of, you're, you're naturally more inclined to do this thing and you're not working at it. So that felt harder for me. Right. Um, I felt like an imposter about other things. So many other things. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's, it's, it's tricky because sometimes like you just feel like you're wearing a mask and, here, I, I feel that sometimes even like coming onto the podcast, um, you know, like where I may be reserved on something or I feel like, oh, maybe I should already know more about this before I talk to the guests. And I'm like, no, wait, I'm learning too. Um, so, yeah. that, you know, so it's always just like this battle, but yeah. I think I guess that, go ahead. Oh, no, I was just going to say it's that the, it's the idea that we, we all have to be experts all the time. Mm, yeah. Comes right and back when you're an expert, you can't learn because you're already supposed to know everything. Mm. 
I think that was a perception of mine too. Like I remember being a kid and I was like, oh man, when you turn 21, Girl, 21 is adult. Right. I know. I was like, I, I remember like watching like things like Charmed or like things like that and just like thinking mm-hmm. in my mind, like these are like early 20 year olds. And I'm like, man, they have yeah. a life. Like it's this is living. And then, yes. Friend. And then like you get like to be 21, you're like, wait. Uh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wait. This is not what I signed up for. Yeah. I want a (laughs) refund. Yes. Can we redo this? Like, this isn't right. This was not the life I envisioned. And then for me, I know like a big shift for me happened around my Saturn return. I wasn't, you know, very conscious of it then, but I was like, okay, I just start to allow myself more grace and release the expectations on myself. And that was just huge. So if there's someone listening today who just isn't feeling enough, whether that's worthy enough, loved enough, good enough, skinny enough, fit enough, whatever it may be, what would you tell them to help them lean more into their power? Oh, girl, you're asking me. I'm going to cry. Um, okay. I, uh, I have a couple of things to say about that. Um, the first is I was really hard on myself for a long time. And I thought one day, you know, I think maybe I read something or someone said something to me. I can't even remember what it was exactly, but it was like, you know, that maybe being critical of yourself isn't working. What would happen if you replace that with compassion? Mm. Like every time you think a negative thought about yourself or your ability or your performance or your looks or your worth in any way, what what would it look like if you just loved that part of yourself unconditionally? What what how would you feel and what would you feel is possible instead? Instead of what's impossible or limited, what would feel more possible? You know, for for me, uh I realized that I don't do well with criticism. I do well with praise. I don't do well with pressure. I do well. Sometimes I do. We're all procrastinators in our own way, but uh, I like to feel good and it doesn't feel good to not be nice to yourself. And it doesn't feel good to believe things about yourself that aren't true or aren't changeable. Right? Like we all have parts of ourselves that are, that feel uh, more textured, I guess, is the way to phrase that. You know, we can all have moments where we're a bit salty. But, you know, for me, when I have those moments now, when I, when I realize that, I don't, like, go down on – like, I, I don't, like, berate myself. <laughs> I, you know, I feel like I just – I. I I stop and I say, that doesn't feel healthy. That doesn't feel kind. How can I, (laughs) how can I like, how can I be kind to myself in this moment? And it's really hard to do that. It is incredibly hard to do that. Right. Um, so that's number one. First of all, give yourself a break. Like 
give yourself permission. Shit. I don't know if I can say shit on this podcast. Heck but yeah, shit. I can say shit. <laughs> <laughs> like Lauren and I give you permission, yeah. right? Like, like you are enough and do whatever you need to do to know that you are enough. Mm. Right? Cut, cut out the friends or the behaviors or the habits or the foods or whatever it is that makes you feel like you are not enough. Right? Like yeah. that judgment, there's no place for that. Yeah. Um, and then also like it, it's a journey. Like all I, can, all I can say about that is that the nicer you are to yourself, the easier it is to be nice to yourself. The more you take care of yourself, the easier it is to take care of yourself. Mm-hmm. The more you love yourself, the easier it is to love yourself. You know, you build momentum with these things and it's, it's a practice. It's not like you arrive one day and you're like, I'm here and I love myself and I'm fabulous. Yeah. Everyone <laughs> loves me too. That doesn't, that's not, that doesn't happen, right? It's a, it's a constant, you know, sometimes like, I, I don't know if we're, I love Brene Brown. Brene Brown is like my jam. Yes. And she often talks about shame spirals, right? And I think when, you, when we talk about shame spirals and how, you know, we can just get in, stuck into this, like, <laughs> I'm jerking my neck as I kind of describe this with a hand motion, but we kind of get jerked into these like whirlpools of shame and you can't quite swim out of them sometimes. But I think the more we practice, the easier it gets. Yeah. It's like practicing, you know, the more- yeah, building that muscle up, building, it's yeah. like building a muscle, you know, it's just like repetition, repetition, repetition. Yes. Building that muscle up. And then also, um, well, yeah, building the muscle up. And then I think I was going to say something, but it, it fell out of my brain just now. Um, but I think with building that muscle up, it's also about being prepared, right? Mm-hmm. If you know that sometimes you don't love yourself. When you do love yourself, remind yourself, right? Write yourself a letter that you can read when you don't feel like you love yourself, right? Make a list of people you can call. Um, have journal prompts. I mean, I love your new cards, girl. Uh, I'm, I'm here for it. Oh, you know, thank like, you. Have, yeah, but like have, have tools, yeah. you know? Build that muscle up with resources, with tools, with practices that are nourishing for you, mm. right? Sometimes it's a nap. Sometimes it's Netflix. Sometimes it's a cheeseburger. Sometimes it's journaling and meditating, right? Sometimes it's like yoga. It's all, there's no judgment. Whatever it is for you, it's fabulous. Yeah. Um, So yeah, that's what I would say. And then also on like kind of related, um, I had the pleasure to meet someone recently that works with the Emoto Peace Project, which if you're familiar or not, it's uh, where they look at the they put different messages and they say different things to water and then they see how the water crystals form when they become ice. And if you say things to water, like you're ugly or I hate you, the water crystals grow like pretty misaligned and mm. kind of like jabby at each other. I don't know how else to just, like, right. my brain's not. Yeah. And then when you say to water, I love you, right? The ice crystals form in this, these beautiful geometric patterns. And we're made of water. Right. You know? Yeah. We're made of water. That's us. <laughs> you know? So I, I feel like that really resonates. Um, and so, you know, like you can please like find that research. It's very cool. Just do a quick Google. Um, 
But for me, I, you know, that seeing that kind of like seeing the scientific experiments, it's like, oh, right. Okay. Okay. You know, like maybe it's not going to do me any good. And some, you know, sometimes that's just a pattern or that's where we are or whatever. But at the same time, um, we're made of water. Yeah. Yeah. That's so interesting too. Just, I, I've really tried as a parent to be mindful, to go ahead and plant that seed of positive self-talk into my kids. I wish I would have done it a little bit sooner with my oldest, but you know, I wasn't as mindful as a mom at 21. Um, with my second, I was, I was way more, you know, I was, I was on a whole different like playing field by that point. So I definitely started a lot earlier with her. I mean, even at the age of two, we were doing affirmations and I just remember like getting to this point in the car where I was taking her, she only went to like daycare two days a week at that time, but you know, just on Tuesdays and Thursdays being in the car and just saying like, I am playful, I am friendly and just building herself up before we went into this place where there's lots of energies, lots of little kids. Um, sometimes, you know, kids are learning. They're not always, someone takes your toy. It feels like the end of the world in that, in that area. And I just remember getting to this point where Callie was like, no mama, I got it. And she started saying it for herself. Like it was no longer repeating after me. It was, she was saying the words of how she felt and building herself up. And yeah. just those, like you notice it and you're like, wow, like the difference and confidence or even just dropping off at daycare and, you know, being able to tell yourself, I am loved before you leave your mom as a three-year-old to a different place. I can only imagine the energetic vibe, right? Like, so when I start to just being more mindful of that, uh, you brought up the cards and it's funny because I actually um, was, my daughter Skylar and I are going to work on a project t- together doing another set of cards, but these times she's going to do the artwork. Um, she's an artist. I'm putting my order in right now. <laughs> Everyone listening, I'm first. <laughs> Number one. So I thought like that would just be cool because she is very artistic and I was like, how can I collaborate with my kids to also so help cool. them bring more positivity in the world? Because I'm sure with you, when I create, like it's, First off, I'm, it sounds like a little selfish, but I'm doing it for myself, right? Like I pull cards every single day as reminders for myself yeah. and, I, and I just wasn't getting something out of some of these decks. Yeah. And, I mean, do you know how many decks I have? How many decks do you have? Oh girl? my gosh. I'm not even counting right now. Right. <laughs> you know, like, Countless. <laughs> right. And I was like, something is missing. So it started off for me. And then mm-hmm. I noticed that like my friends would be like, all right, pull a card for me. And I would pull, I would grab my deck first. And I was like, okay, yeah. there's something here. So sometimes it's just filling, filling that own void within your own creative space. And then you're like, whoa, more people, I'm here to share this too. Yeah. But yeah. it's crazy how much just those positive affirmations yeah, really change your inner world a lot. And just me even practicing gratitude. I mean, now I think a negative thought, I remember like in the hurricane last year, specifically, I was like anxiety central, like, oh my gosh, we're, we're gonna, you know, I mean, not at one point I literally thought like, we're going to die because it was a cat five projected to hit our town directly. And I was like, oh my gosh, thinking all these like, you know, insane thoughts. And then in the midst of the hurricane, it of course like turns a little and then it slams the Bahamas, poor people there. And then I just was like, oh my God, this 
poor people. And I felt like so empathetic. And then I had to like ground myself back into gratitude and be like, I am so blessed. My family is okay. I, you know, and I am so grateful that we have a home. I am so grateful that we have electricity and we have food. And then like just being able to bounce back in that, I could not do that 10 years ago. I don't even know if I was doing that five years ago so mindfully. But I've noticed that energetic change throughout my body, throughout my energy of just how I carry myself because you speak nicer to yourself. You, you practice that muscle of just giving yeah. yourself more grace and yeah. you flow through life. It's, it's powerful. And when you don't have it, you don't realize that what you're missing almost. Like, you know, something's missing, yeah. but yeah, it's, and it's like the depth it's of quiet. it. It's yes. a quiet. Yeah. Mm, so That's true. The- yeah, that for me, that's the, cause you know, I'm a, like I sing and I perform my music. I like loud, shiny things. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. It is. A you know, I like attention, but that, but, but that's not what it is. You know, it's mm-hmm. that, it's that quiet, very, you know, coming from your core, coming from in your belly, you know, that knowing and that kind of the opposite of butterflies, that just ease yes. within yourself. Um, for me, that's been, that's been huge. And I also think what you said just now about creating the cards for yourself, absolutely. And, and this is what I had, have struggled with in the past. Um, I, I don't think I struggle with it anymore, but creating can feel very selfish. Mm like making art or having a project can feel like you are doing something that's just for you in a way that detracts, right? It's like, well, I made this, so is it okay? Right. Um, You know, I made this, like who else would want it? Um, At the same time, I have this theory about art and uh, things that we create because, and this is also the thing that we do not give enough credit to when you create anything, the word create, right? Like music, a project, your cards, anything you're writing, anything, you know, you're painting, any, any visual, right? You're bringing something into the world that did not exist until you brought it. Ooh. Yeah. Like that's what you're doing. Give yourself credit. Like it's huge. And it, it, it took me years to understand this. Mm. Um, you're literally like bringing something into the world that may outlive you. Number one. Yeah. Number two, it didn't exist on our plane of consciousness. It didn't physically exist. It didn't exist in our ears and our eye. Like you brought something into the world. That's here now because you did that. And that's, it's, I mean, it's just, you know, when I think of it in that context, it blows my mind. Right. Um, and then the other thing is, uh, Sometimes the things that we create are not for us. Mm, so true. And, and we won't ever know who they're for. Mm. That's the really, like, I, years ago, a friend of mine was teaching at this big yoga festival in Mysore, India. And yeah, I went there to like support her and go to this yoga festival. Cause I'd never been to India before. It was my first time in India. I love India. And, uh, we were all sitting there at a, at lunch. I was, you know, with all the teachers as my friend was a teacher and we're at this festival. And, uh, this guy says, 
oh yeah, does Norma Jean sing? And my friend said, oh yeah, she's a, you know, she makes music. She's a really good singer. And she, uh, you know, she writes these songs and he said, oh my God, did you write this song called Talk to You? And I said, what? And he had heard one of my songs. He heard my music and he didn't know wow. who I was. I burst out into tears. That had never, it was, a, this was, the, this was many years wow. ago. It was the first time that it happened to me. I just got goosebumps. I, <laughs> I literally was like, what? Like you, there's a part of me that you know, that I created that has nothing to do with me anymore. It's part of your reality. Right. Wow. I just, I felt so powerful for being myself. Mm. And it was so validating in that way. I just thought, wow. And I realized in that moment, because I've also like written songs and recorded things and like, like had them on a phone and the phone got lost or wet or stolen or whatever. And I've lost art. And, and that is also incredibly painful. Yes. Um, and I, I, you know, I've kind of formed this theory that sometimes the art and the things that we create are just for us in that moment. And they don't get to exist outside of that time and space. Number Mm. one, a lot of live music is like that. Right. Yeah. And then there's another kind of art where it's like for us and people we know and people to appreciate that directly know us and see it as a reflection of us or even Mm. peripherally. Right. And then there is art and the people that we create that art for that we may never even know about. Yeah. We may never meet them we may never hear their story or but know their names or, or no. Oh God, no, yeah. we don't know their name. We, we don't know, know nothing. They, we don't know yeah. when yeah. they live. We don't know. Right. Mm-hmm. Like we don't know. And yet that human expression and that experience that we have brought into the world resonates with them in a way that is meaningful and important. Mm. Like it- that. Yeah. Yeah. That's like, it is so powerful to even think of it that way. Like you've given me goosebumps like numerous times because I don't, I'm not sure I've thought of the depth of that to that it extent. Took me a while. It took me a while. Yeah. Now I'm like, well, Oh man, you're going to have my, my mind turning after this call. <laughs> you know? like, yeah, I'm going to journal it out. And I believe that this is why it's so hard to create mm. because it's so vulnerable and it's so personal. And on, on some level, I think subconsciously, we know that. We know this is happening. But to step into that power, that's, that's huge and scary and weird. It's yeah. weird. Yeah. I re- when Felicia Bender, she's a numerologist, came on the show, I had followed Felicia for years. you know. And so when I got on, I was so giddy. And I was just like, oh, my God, I'm a fangirl. And I, it took her back. She was just like – what? <laughs> you know, like, uh, thank yeah. you. And then she had told me later, like, she just hadn't seen herself in that light, like to have a fangirl, you know, I'm like, oh my gosh, yeah. I nerd out on your stuff all the time, but she didn't know. Right. She didn't know me at the time. She's like, I was just a podcaster who approached her to be on numerology. And then to find out, like, I'm like, no girl, I have been following you. I like read your numerology reports like religiously. And it was just to, to know that in her, that she was so unconscious of it. And just been like, wow, you know, like it yeah. gives you this depth and this layer of just appreciation yeah. for yourself and what yeah. you birth out into the world. Yeah. And, and it's also, you know, one of those things where you can't create for that. Mm. It, it's like a weird 
I keep saying weird, but it's a, it's a byproduct. And, and you have to understand that that may happen. And it is also why you should honor your art and why you should honor your calling and your purpose. But it, it can't be a driving force. Because mm. that's where like ego and fame and celebrity and all that weird, weird, wonky, yes. you know, energetic, yeah. energetically skewed. Um, that's where things become energetically skewed. But uh, in general, um, it is incredible to have, to have that experience. Mm. And I also, for anyone who has not had that experience, that does not mean that it isn't already happening, right? It doesn't have to do with you. It has to do with the person who you created the art for. Yeah. It's not about you at all. Yeah. Oh, wow. It's, That's... Yeah. Oh, wow. Oh my goodness. You've just like given me so much to even think on today. I can't even imagine what our audience is feeling right now. They're probably like, whoa. <laughs> whoa, guys. Whoa. whoa. Wasn't expecting this when I hit play. <laughs> you know, like, oh man. Well, what, what can we say? We give them more than they bargained for. But I do know one thing and I know that you show up authentically with a lot of vulnerability in so many different ways. You own your truth and you harness your inner power. And I know that in itself is so respectable. You know, I respect the hell out of you, but I know that our audience themselves are probably like, all right, I need more Norma Jean in my life, especially after hearing that amazing voice, give us a glimpse of her album. Where can I go to purchase it? So lay it all out for them. Okay. Oh girl. Um, so for my music, it launches July 31st. I believe this episode will be shortly after it. I think it's like shortly after. Okay. Yeah. So it's going to be live. It's live, everyone. Yeah. We're talking to you from, from the future. Um, so yeah, July 31st. Um, it's available everywhere. Spotify, iTunes, Amazon Music, all the online streaming platforms. The album is called All the Feels. So if you look up Norma Jean, All the Feels, it'll pop up. Um, if you want to directly buy the album or directly support, please go to my website, which is Norma Jean Music, N-O-R-M-A-J-E-A-N-M-U-S-I-C.com. So Norma Jean Music.com is where you can order like the CD I had made and, you know, you can directly buy the album and, um, a larger percentage goes to production, that kind of thing. Um, but it, it'll be everywhere. Um, the music video is currently live for How Does It Feel? So good. Um, so exciting. Ah, my first lip syncing. I'm like lips. I want to say like lip smacking good, but it's lip syncing good. You know? like, so crazy. You know, when you're trying to like pretend to sing your own song, that's a weird experience. I'm sure. <laughs> it's wild. Um, so yeah, that's on my Instagram and my Facebook um, and YouTube. Um which is all great. And uh, my Instagram is at Norma Jean loves doodles because I drew all those doodles. So that's Norma Jean loves doodles. And then, um, yeah, my Facebook for the music is Norma Jean Bali and, uh, yeah, camp clarity. The retreat is joincampclarity.com. And, uh, I think that's it for now. That covers it. <laughs> Until the next project when you have one more, one more. Uh, that's like me. <laughs> you have like all these websites. I'm like, I don't even know. Google. I know I have so many. It's like the, and then it's like you try to link them all. It's the thing. But anyways, I'll yeah. put them all and in the episode notes. 
Yes. I'll I'm put them all very, oh, great. Good. See, you just got to click through folks. Yep. Um, yeah. I'm so excited to share my music with you. I feel like it is such a blessing and I'm so grateful. You are just a beautiful soul. I'm so thankful that you joined me today and I cannot wait to share a new song from your album. So with that being said, let's go. the big ones anyway all the losers that i dated every time i've strayed from my purpose from my joy chasing money chasing boys call you every time i destroy i never knew how to play court how does it feel to sit on the sidelines of my life how does it feel the movie and every time never see your name in the credits never kiss a girl at the end never be the last call of the day always just as friends watching all of my stories never in my dms maybe your chapter is history you're always leaving me on friend But I want you her face I need joy Sometimes money And a voice But no longer
seriously, how amazing is Norma Jean? What you just heard was off of Norma Jean's new album, All of the Feels, and the song is How Does It Feel? This is the single off the album, but I was really torn on showcasing this one and the River song because I love that one. But How Does It Feel is just so upbeat, and I felt like it goes with the vibe of the show. Plus, I felt like this one might resonate with you because it resonates with me. So go listen to the album and follow Norma Jean on Spotify, stream the album on Apple Music, or you can head over to mindbizlife.com. And on this week's episode notes, you'll find direct links to all of Norma Jean's websites, social channels, and even the album itself. Be sure to let me know which song on the album is your favorite. I'm everywhere on social media at MindBizLife. If you enjoyed this episode, share it with a friend and leave a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts or wherever it is that you tune in and turn it up. I'm back on Friday for a new episode of Feel Your Life Friday, but until then, remember, every level of life is an opportunity to grow. Be well, my friend.